Hello, my friends. Today we're going to be reading from Maria Valtorta, page 113, and we'll be reading about John the Baptist's birth. So we join uh, Mary and Elizabeth, where Elizabeth has been uh, going through her birth pains, uh, trying to give birth to John the Baptist, and she's in a tremendous amount of pain. And she cries, Oh, Mary, Mary, what a pain. I can't stand it any longer. Mary, how much pain one must suffer to be a mother. Mary, let me put my hands on your bosom. And Mary takes Elizabeth's two wrinkled and swollen hands and lays them on her round abdomen, pressing them tightly with her smooth, slender hands. And Mary speaks in a low voice, now that they are alone. And she says, Jesus is here and he hears you, and he sees you. Have faith, Elizabeth. His holy heart is beating more strongly because he is acting for your good. I can feel it throbbing as though I were holding it in my hands, and I understand the words that my child says to me. He is now saying, Tell the woman not to be afraid, only a little more pain, and then, with the first rays of the sun, among the many roses awaiting the morning's rays to open out on their stems, her house will have the most beautiful rose, and it will be John, my predecessor. Elizabeth now presses also her face against Mary's bosom, and she weeps gently. Then Mary goes to see Zacharias. Zacharias is suffering for knowing that his wife is suffering in, in childbed. He suffers that he is unable to speak still as punishment by the Lord for not having believed Elizabeth when she announced to him that she was pregnant. And he shakes his head sadly, points to his dumb mouth. He would like to say many things, but he cannot. And Mary understands, and she replies, The Lord will complete your joy. Believe in him completely. Hope in him indefinitely. Love him totally. The Most High will grant you more than you dare hope for. He wants this total faith from you to wash out your past mistrust. Say in your heart with me, I believe. Say it with every beat of your heart. The treasures of God are opened for those who believe in Him and in His powerful bounty. And they remain together, one beside the other, in the sun that makes the morning air rosy. When they hear the joyful news, he is born, he is born, it is a boy, happy father, a boy as beautiful as a rose, as beautiful as the sun, as strong and good as his mother. Joy for you, father, blessed by the Lord, who gave you a son that you may offer him to the temple. Glory to God who has granted posterity to this house. Blessed are you and your son who was born to you. May his offspring perpetuate your name for centuries, from generation to generation, and may his descendants always be in union with the Eternal Lord. Mary blesses the Lord, weeping for joy. Then the two receive the little one, who has been brought to his father, that he may be blessed. Zacharias does not go to Elizabeth. He receives the child who is screaming desperately, but he does not go to his wife. Mary goes to see Elizabeth. And she says, The rose is born, Zacharias is happy. And Elizabeth asks, Does he speak? Not yet, says Mary, but hope in the Lord. Rest now, I am staying with you. Now the Virgin Mary speaks to us, and she says, 
If my presence had sanctified the Baptist, it did not nullify for Elizabeth the sentence against Eve, You shall give birth to your children in pain, the Eternal Father had said. Only I, because I was without stain, and I had not had any human copulation, was exempted from generating with pain. Sadness and pain are fruits of fault. I, who was the innocent one, had to know also sorrow and sadness, because I was the co-redeemer. But I did not know the torture of generating. No, I did not know that torture. But believe me, there was never and never will be a torture or purpuri like mine as the martyr of a spiritual maternity, which was accomplished on the hardest of beds, the bed of my cross, at the foot of the scaffold of my dying son. Which mother is compelled to generate thus, to blend the torture of her bowels which contract spasmodically because of the death-rattle of her dying creature, with the torture which tears her bowels apart in the strain of overcoming the horror of having to say, I love you, come to me who am your mother, to each murderer of her son, born of the most sublime love that heaven ever saw, of the love of a god with a virgin, of the kiss of fire, of the embrace of light which became flesh and made the womb of a woman the tabernacle of God. How much pain to be a mother, says Elizabeth, so much, but nothing when compared to mine. Let me press my hands on your bosom, said Elizabeth. Oh, if you always ask me for that when you suffer. I am the eternal bearer of Jesus. He is in my womb. He who comes to me finds him. He who leans on me touches him. He who addresses me speaks to him. I am his dress. He is my soul. My son is united to his mother more, much more now than he was in the nine months that he was in my womb. And every pain is appeased, every hope flourishes, and every grace flows for those who come to me and rest their heads against my bosom. I pray for you, remember that. The beatitude of being in heaven, living in the ray of God, does not cause me to forget my children who are suffering on the earth. And I pray, and all heaven prays, because heaven loves. Heaven is living charity, and charity has mercy on you. But even if I were all by myself, my prayer would be sufficient for the needs of those who hope in God, because I never stop praying for you all, for the holy and the wicked, to give joy to the holy, to give repentance to the wicked, that they might be saved. Come, come, O children of my sorrow. I am waiting for you at the foot of the cross to grant you graces. Mary is telling us that she is the bearer of Jesus. She brought him into this world for us, and she brings us to him. Through her we can achieve a relationship of love and peace and reconciliation with Jesus and with God. Through her, because she is the Holy Advocate, she prays for us, she advocates for us, she asks for mercy and love for us, from God to us, and to us, she asks us to pray, to love, to be kind, to be charitable, in order to be good and virtuous people, good and virtuous children of God. Now we will continue with the circumcision of the Baptist. 
Elizabeth, respected by everybody as a matron, is enjoying most happily her feast. The child is laid on her lap, sated with milk. It is now the moment for the circumcision. We will call him Zacharias, say the priests. You, Zacharias, are old. It is only fair that the child be called after you. Not at all, exclaims Elizabeth. His name is John. His name must be the witness of the power of God. And the priests say, But has there ever been a John in our kinship? It does not matter, says Elizabeth. His name is to be John. And what do you say, Zacharias? ask the priests. You want your name, don't you? But Zacharias shakes his head in denial. He takes his tablet and writes, His name is John. And as soon as he finishes writing, he adds with his tongue now free, Because God has granted a great grace to me, his father, and to his mother, and to his new servant of his, who will spend his life for the glory of the Lord, and will be called great for ever in the world and in the eyes of God, because he will give converted hearts to the Most High Lord. The angel said so, and I did not believe him. But now I believe, and the light is now in me. The light is amongst us, but you do not see it. It is its destiny not to be seen, because the souls of men are encumbered and idle, but my son will see it, and will speak of it, and will turn to it the hearts of the just in Israel. O oh, blessed are those who believe in it, and will always believe in the word of the Lord. And blessed be you, O eternal Lord, God of Israel, because you have visited and redeemed your people, and you have raised up for us a powerful Savior in the house of your servant David as you promised by mouth of the holy prophets from ancient times, that you would save us from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us, to show your mercy to our ancestors and thus remember your holy covenant. This is the oath you swore to our father Abraham, that you would grant us, free from fear, deliverance from the hands of our enemies, to serve you in heaven and thrive in your presence all of our days. The people present are most surprised at the name and at the miracle at the words of Zacharias, now able to speak after having been dumb for so long. Elizabeth, who at the first words of Zacharias had uttered a cry of joy, is now weeping and embracing Mary, who is caressing her happily. After the circumcision, everyone goes away. Only Zacharias, Elizabeth, Mary, and the infant John the Baptist remain. Zacharias looks at Mary with his eyes full of tears. He wants to speak. Then he is silent. He moves forward. He kneels down in front of Mary. Bless the poor servant of the Lord, he says to her. Bless him because you can do so, since you are carrying the Messiah in your womb. The word of the Lord was spoken to me when I admitted my error, and I believed everything I had been told. I see you and your happy destiny. I adore the God of Jacob in you. You are my first temple, where once again a priest, I can pray the Eternal Father again. You are blessed, because you obtained grace for the world, and you are now bringing the Savior to it. Forgive your servant if he did not see your majesty before. When you came here, you brought us all the graces, because everywhere you go, O oh, full of grace, God works his miracles, and holy are those walls which you enter. Holy become the ears which listen to your voice. 
and holy the flesh you touch. Holy the hearts, because you grant graces, Mother of the Most High, Virgin of the Prophets, expected to bring the Savior to the people of God. Mary smiles, full of humility, and she speaks, Praise be to the Lord, to Him only. From Him, not from me, comes every grace, and He grants it to you that you may love Him, and that it may help you to reach perfection in the following years to deserve His kingdom that my Son will open to the patriarchs, to the prophets, and to the just of the Lord. And since you can now pray before the Holy, please pray for the maidservant of the Most High, because to be mother of the Son of God is blissful. To be mother of the Redeemer must be a destiny of deepest sorrow. Pray for me, because I feel my weight of sorrow increasing from hour to hour, and I shall have to bear it all my life. And even if I do not see the details, I feel that it will be heavier than if the whole world were placed on my shoulders of a woman, and I were to offer it to heaven. I, I alone, poor woman, my child, my son, ah, your son no longer cries if I lull him, but shall I be able to lull mine, to soothe his pain? Pray for me, priest of God. My heart shudders like a flower in a storm. I look at men and I love them, but I see the enemy appear behind their faces and make them enemies of God and of my son, Jesus. Now Mary says to us, God forgives him who acknowledges his sin, repents and confesses it with humble and sincere heart. He does not only forgive, he rewards. Oh, how good is my Lord to those who are humble and sincere, to those who believe in him and trust in him. Clear your souls of what encumbers them and makes them insipid. Prepare your souls to receive the light. As a light in darkness, it is a guide and a holy consolation. O oh, holy friendship with God, beatitude of his faithful ones, wealth unequaled by anything else, who possesses you is never alone and never tastes the bitterness of despair. O oh, holy friendship, you do not eradicate sorrow, because sorrow was the destiny of a God incarnate and can thus be the destiny of man. But you make this sorrow sweet in its bitterness, and you mingle with it a light and a caress which relieve the cross with a celestial touch. And when divine bounty grants you graces, make use of the gift received to give glory to God. Do not be like foolish people who turn a good thing into a harmful weapon, or like lavish persons who convert their wealth into misery. You give me too much sorrow, my children, behind whose faces I see the enemy appear, that is he who hurls himself against my Jesus. Too much sorrow. I would like to be the source of grace for everybody, but too many among you do not want grace. You ask for graces, but with a soul devoid of grace. How can grace succour you if you are her enemies? The great mystery of Good Friday is approaching. It is commemorated and celebrated in churches, but it is necessary to celebrate and commemorate it in your hearts and to beat your breast like those who were descending from Golgotha and say, In truth, this man was the Son of God, the Savior, and say, Jesus, for the sake of your name, save us, and say, Father, forgive us, and finally say, I am not worthy, but if you forgive me and come to me, 
my soul will be healed, and I no longer want to commit sin, because I no longer wish to be ill and hateful to you, Lord. Pray, children, with the words of my Son. Say to the Father for your enemies, Father, forgive them. Call the Father who has withdrawn indignant at your errors, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? I am a sinner, but if you forsake me, I will perish. Come back, Holy Father, that I may be saved. Entrust your eternal good, your spirit, to the only one who can preserve it unhurt from the demons. Father, in your hands I commit my spirit. Oh, if with humility and love you surrender your spirit to God, he will lead it as a father leads his little one. Neither will he allow anything to hurt your spirit. Jesus in his agony prayed to teach you how to pray. I am reminding you of it in these days of his passion. And since you have seen my joy of a mother, you must also consider and remember that I possessed God through an ever-increasing sorrow. It descended into me with the seed of God, and like a gigantic tree it has grown until it touched heaven with its top and hell with its roots when I received on my lap the lifeless remains of the flesh of my flesh. And I saw and counted his tortures, and I touched his torn heart to consume my sorrow right until the last drop. So here Mary talks about God's forgiveness of Zacharias's sin of pride, Zacharias's lack of humility when he was informed that Elizabeth was bearing his son and allowed him to speak again. And not only that, but to be a witness that Mary, the full of grace, was carrying the Savior, the Son of God. He also asks us to ask God to forgive us for our sins and with humility to surrender our souls to God. She says only God can preserve us because with our souls clean and, and given the wings of love to return to God, to return to heaven from which we came, uh, we will live eternal life. But if we give up our souls to the enemy, then our souls die in the eternity of hell. And this is not what God wishes for us. He loves us each and every one of us tremendously. And he wishes each and every one of us to follow him and return to him back to his kingdom of heaven.